So welcome to another episode of the Fat for Weight Loss Show. Today I am talking with Luke Hopkins from PBCO and we will get to it right after this. An important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. So, Luke, uh, super excited to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? Fantastic, Aaron. Thank you. How are you? Oh, yeah, fantastic. It's uh, it's great to talk to another Aussie. We're both in the same country. You know, usually the people I talk to are either from the States or from Canada. So, uh, you know, super, super awesome to have you on here. But what I like to do on the podcast uh, is I like to introduce you. And, and, and so that introduction sort of comes around with like maybe a funny personal story. But <laughs> right, you, okay. Yeah, you said um, that you got really into a guy called Wim Hof and some of his methods a little while ago. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, funnily enough, I um, I just jumped out about 15 minutes ago out of a cold shower. Um, just it's uh, our hot water system in our house broke over the weekend and I thought, oh, I've been going into work and, and showering there, but I just thought, no, nah, just, just do it. Um, so, literally cold tap on 100% and then just dive in. Uh, it's, it's certainly not the most uh, most pleasant thing, but it does wake you up. Um, and it, yeah, it's something I did, oh, I'm going to say about two years ago. I did it for about four, three or four months. Um, so he's this crazy Dutch dude, I think. Um, and he, he really loves like super cold weather and does all the, the kind of different breathing exercises and things like that. Um, and I did it for, yeah, three, four months where you basically just every morning cold tap on 100% and then just jump straight in. Um, it's meant to kind of uh, do different things to your, your cardiovascular system and all that kind of thing. Whether it worked or whether it was a bit of a placebo, I don't know, but I did <laughs> I did feel good and I always felt really alert afterwards. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's something that I try and do uh, occasionally as well. Like I find that I'm always the opposite to what the weather is outside. So if right. I... If it's really cold outside, I'm more likely to have a cold shower than I am to have a warm shower. I don't know. I'm strange. Oh, interesting. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the thing. If, if, if you start your day doing something really uncomfortable that you've chosen to do, yes. it kind of sets the tone that, no, you're in control of the day and everything else is going to be easy from there. Because oh. there's, there's nothing much harder than jumping into a cold shower in the middle of winter. <laughs> I love it. Eat that frog. Um, <laughs> and, and so, can you tell us uh, and, you know, and the people listening to this podcast a little bit more about you, sort of how you got started and, um, and you know, what that sort of looked like for you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up um, with my two sisters in a, a small town called Bega on the far south coast of New South Wales in Australia. Um, big dairy community. It's where Bega cheese from. Bega cheese is from. If you're familiar with that. Um, most people have never heard of Bega, but a lot of people have heard of Bega cheese. Uh, <laughs> all the and, Aussies out there will know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And strangely enough, people in the Middle East as well, a big, oh, really? big export market yeah. for Bega cheese, yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, look, I, I grew up down there. Um, we grew up on a kind of, not a working farm, but we had some chickens and goats and things like that and um, had a pretty healthy kind of, I'll say hippie kind of upbringing. My parents were both very um, into nature and alternative things and um, had a really good relationship with food but as I kind of went through my my teenage puberty years started putting on a lot of weight um, I tended to kind of grow outwards a lot and then shoot up um, and then grow outwards again and then shoot up but all throughout my teenage years I was I was carrying um, way too much weight not not obese but very overweight um, and it was I'd say when I was about 15 that a family friend who was really into fitness um, suggested doing like resistance weight training combined with a lower carb, higher protein diet. This was kind of before keto was a thing. Obviously, there was Atkins in the in the 80s, but it was, it was in the period where it wasn't that well known of a thing. Mm. Um, and so I thought, look, I've tried everything else. Why not give it a go um, and change the diet? changed the exercise um, that I was doing and it just the weight just started melting away um, it was it happened really quickly um, which was which was absolutely amazing and obviously being in those formative teenage years being overweight is not the best thing mm. um, so I was I was kind of over the moon and and once you kind of get that initial uh, those initial results it really gives you the motivation to go no I can change this this isn't just who I am um, and so from there it just it just progressed and and now it's just kind of my my default default way and I can't really imagine doing it any other way Mm, yeah, I, I do find that a lot of people jump into uh, low carb once they've they've tried the low fat, they've tried everything else, you know, they go, oh, it's it's like it's almost like it's the last thing on everyone's mind. But now it's it's coming to the forefront, which is really, really awesome. Um, and so, you know, it's amazing that you were able to drop that way just, yeah, especially throughout your teenage years. And, you know, high school is quite a formative stage for yeah. a lot of people. Um, and you know what was it like to to, to see those changes, and uh, what what was it like before that? Like uh, I I also like as a kid, uh, I grew up and Mum used to bake a lot of uh, bread, and oh. she was also you know like really into uh, health. But I think she would just um, you know th th there was a period of time where she bought a bread maker, and we just got both we both got really oh fat. no. <laughs> And uh, yeah, oh, so, so that, you know, you, you're always scared of, of putting on weight um, and, and and it's really hard. Like when you start doing resistance training, it's it's amazing how uh, that 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 weight just sort of melts off, right? So what, what was what was it like to see that change? Yeah, well, I think it, it was a big relief because obviously when you're uh, when you are in your teenage years, you believe um, just because through your kind of adult development stages of your brain, you believe that um, who you are is who you are mm. um, and that people don't change and that um, the way things are is the way things will always be. So when I got that glimpse that things 
didn't have to be the way they were because obviously as i said like being being overweight in school when you've got people kind of that aren't aren't the kindest about those kind of things is Mm -hmm. is not a um not a great experience and so when you realize that there is an opportunity to to change there um you just kind of it it, it sucks you in into the vortex almost because you're just um, you're so excited by that opportunity that that you can change um, your body composition and you can be fit, fitter and healthier and that there's not such thing as kind of the the lean athletic people and then the overweight people there's just people that are making different different choices obviously biology does come into it a little bit in genetics um but most of it is to do with the choices that you make not the genetics that you were born with yeah i totally agree and um and for anyone listening to the podcast you may not know this but i'm i'm six foot five which is like 196 centimeters which is pretty tall but yeah i think you're taller right I yeah, I've I've just scraped it in over over you there. So I'm two hundred exactly or, or one ninety nine point seven or something, depends on Damn. what time of day you measure me. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's say tall enough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I mean like, you know, uh I had a lot of growth at the start of my uh life. Um and I'm I'm sure you're probably the same, you know, going through those yeah. different growth spurts. So you know that physical body can change, but it's just, you know, you didn't realise that diet was such a huge thing. Um and so, you know, you mentioned strength training in there, but I know that uh, you're, I was doing some research into you and you're oh, no. <laughs> pretty big into uh, trail running and, in, yeah. uh, you know, those uh, running sort of tactics in, in, in between. Can you sort of tell us about your, your running experience and, you know, what you've done so far? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I'm going to say when I was about 20, I kind of got into running. I didn't do it a lot before that. Um, I was kind of more obviously the strength training, did some cycling and gym work and other kind of things like that. And about in my 20s, started running and just doing road running um, and thought, oh, yeah, this is kind of good. And I was getting into shape and I was feeling really good and had lots of energy and things like that. And I enjoyed it, but I never loved it. I kind mm-hmm. of, I did it because I was getting results and I did it because I knew it was good for me, but I, ne- I never kind of jumped out of bed really looking forward to it. It was always this kind of push that I had to, um, had to give myself to actually make it happen. Um, and after probably, I don't know, three or four years, I randomly just thought I'll go for a nice kind of run through some forest tracks near where I used to live down in Wollongong on um, about an hour south of Sydney There's lots of national parks and things down there as well and I just fell in love with it just the the change of scenery the fact that you're in nature um, the the dynamic kind of um, environment that you're in I just I found myself longing to go for a run in the bush rather than waking up and thinking, oh, shit, yeah, okay, I've got to go run my 5Ks kind of mm. thing. So it, it went from a, um, a hesitant thing to a you can't stop me from doing this kind of thing, <laughs> um, which I just think is is so important for people to, to find that aspect for them in their both in their diet and in their exercise. Mm. Like there's so many different types of exercise that you can do just because you don't like doing weights at the gym or you don't like doing um, Pilates or, or whatever, that's fine. Um, there's just find, find the thing that just that you long to do. And for me, yeah, trail, trail running was it. And in more recent times, I've started doing kind of barefoot trail running, which 
isn't actually without shoes, as, as the name suggests, but with shoes that the, the, the weird kind of five-finger toe shoes that are basically oh, yeah, just yeah, a, yeah. a thin piece of rubber. Mm. Um, and it just feels... I'm going to sound like a bit of an idiot here, but it feels more primal and just feels really kind of... You've got a really strong connection to, to the ground and to what you're doing, and you're getting amazing kind of proprioception feedback as well. So it just... Yeah, it's just this transformative kind of experience. That's really awesome. Um, so the Gold Coast full marathon uh, was just uh, this weekend gone past. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and the I think the lead athlete got two two hours and seven minutes or something crazy. So I mean, wow. Yeah, it, it, they're like doing three minute kilometers for forty two kilometers. It's That's just, crazy. It's just the, so far. The first half marathon I ever did was in uh, in Noosa. And that that was a half, and that I did that in one fifty eight, I think. So yeah. literally running like twice my speed, which yeah. is just <laughs> incredible. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. But I mean, uh, uh, I remember reading a book. Uh, now I don't remember the title of it, but I think it's by Scott Durick, and they talk about the Terramada, um, and they run. Uh, I think it's in South America, and they run basically mm. on just like um, f- thin pieces of rubber. Uh, yeah, and they run for. A long, long time. Like, what's the difference between taking off those highly constructed ultra holding shoes? You know, maybe something like the Asics or the Brooks, uh, mm. and then and then stripping it back to just having a, a, a plain piece of rubber underneath your foot. Yeah. So uh, it's something that you, you really need to experience to to fully grasp. But I, I have a, a kind of a running coach that I um, that I use for kind of general health and fitness and and running training for when I have specific events, um, and he was the one that got me onto barefoot running. And the way that he explained it was, um, you, you think about a, a a toddler when they run, they kind of they lean forwards and they they're putting their feet in front of them to to catch themselves from falling essentially, mm. um, and by doing that where they land on their foot um, utilizes the full chain um, of, of muscles and tendons and bones and everything to to reduce the impact on the body. Um, a lot of people, I'd say most people out there don't actually know how to run properly. Mm. And the reason for that is um, when you put yourself into these kind of highly padded shoes with like an inch heel and lots of padding under the whole foot and you can't really feel the ground Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of it is more comfortable to heel strike because the the form of the the shoe kind of puts you into that behavior but when you do heel strike you're putting so much force back through your body and it, it jerks your whole body up and down through your knees and your ankles and your hips and your chest and everything um and when you strip that away you can't heel strike. You have to run on the balls of your feet, and that way you're using your body, um, your body's natural ability to to kind of absorb that impact and translate it into forwards momentum. Um, if you think about the shoes itself, like I'm not a I'm not an expert on shoes, but humans have been around for a lot longer than shoes have, mm. um, and we we did okay. So yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> They they are a modern adventure uh, invention, sorry, of of sorts, and they do you do need them. You don't be walking through the streets of Sydney with no no shoes on, obviously. But when it comes to running, I think stripping back all the all the mass and actually using your body the way that it's evolved to to be used is is a much better approach. And I know for me, 
what it what it meant is meant um, reduced energy expenditure when I'm running, so increased efficiency, awesome. less impact on the joint, so you feel better afterwards, and actually a lot a lot more speed. Yeah, the first that. time I um, I went out and did a park run. That's so a Saturday morning. They, it's a fantastic initiative actually, um, and not not for profit. And all over the world, there's free five k timed, um, yeah, fun runs essentially in, in everywhere in most cities. Um, and after my running coach sort of showed me this style, I thought, okay, I'm going to go practice it at my my regular Saturday morning park run. And I set a PB when i was actually trying to run slowly whoa, so whoa. yeah i was i was just focusing on technique i thought i'm not going to run quick i'm 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 not going to push it i'm just going to get the technique right and then see how it goes but once i got the technique right after sort of a kilometer and i was getting getting into that motion it was just so easy that i just kind of picked up speed picked up speed picked up speed didn't even realize until i looked at my watch at the end i was like oh shit i've shaved off a minute on a 5k wow um, that's good so yeah it was it was incredible and and i was absolutely sold from there and i've um trying to preach and convert everyone i am everyone i talk to of the benefits of of the freaky five finger shoes <laughs> i love it is there if someone does want to find their shoes is there a particular brand that you um so there's a few out there the most common one are, are vibrams, vibrams okay. um yep. Yeah, they do a heap of different range. So you've got like thin ones for the gym or, or for road running. Then you've got some chunkier ones for trail running and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. But they're so comfortable, they just look really weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're all about being weird here and yeah. uh, I love it. So, you know, uh, running aside, um, you know, you were able to transition your, you know, your transformation by using low-carb um and you are able to create some products based around that, uh, which is now called PBCO. So for anyone that doesn't know, uh, you know, what PBCO is or what um, maybe the protein bread company was, uh, can you tell us more about that and, and what your focus is there? Yeah, absolutely. So the well, PBCO now, um, and, and it always has been, is really about helping people eat the foods that they love Um but also nurturing their bodies at the same time. So we have this phrase that we use is is around double enjoyment. So you get the enjoyment of eating the foods that you love. So bread, muffins, pizza, cupcakes, um, pancakes, all these types of things. And you can get the enjoyment afterwards because you don't feel like shit like when yeah. you when you do when you normally eat those foods. So it's this it's this kind of this double win. Um, originally, it was called the Protein Bread Company, and it was a, a company that I started with my sister. Um, back around kind of 2011, 2012. Um, obviously, Protein Bread was the first product, um, hence the name, funnily enough. And it was started out of a, a cafe that my sister owned at the time, Whole Meal Cafe in Sydney. And she, Anna, my sister were, and business partner, recognized that people were coming in and ordering things with bread in them, but then feeling kind of a bit hesitant or looking a little bit guilty about it or they were saying like i'll have the big breakfast but no toast and then feeling a little bit guilty and shit that they were missing out and and i was just thinking like this this is a crazy it's a lose-lose situation for mm. these people they they feel bad no matter what there's got to be a better solution out there so she just started researching and researching and testing and trialing different recipes um trying to create a bread that was low carb high protein um that people could eat and actually feel good afterwards. Um, and it was about 12 months of trial and error before it resembled a loaf of bread. <laughs> um, 
the early early ones I remember describing as a concrete frisbee because um, they were just so dense. Yep. yep. Um, the the crazy thing is people still wanted them. So people would would she'd she'd give them out to try at first, then people were like awesome, and then the next time they'd come in, they'd order it just because it was it was that or nothing. Um, mm. And so I, th- I think it just really showed the the desire for people to have those options. Um, so yeah, after after about twelve months, got it into the form that it, it looked like a loaf of bread. You could kind of slice it into slices rather than having a, a pita bread style thing. Right. And we were selling them for, I think it was $24 a loaf when we first started. Wow. Um, and people would come in and order three. And that they weren't a particularly big loaf of bread, just your standard kind of size. Um, and so obviously being in that hospitality industry, we're looking at sort of different ways and, and ways in which we could grow the business and, and do other things. And um, we just thought, okay, let's let's take this bread out of the cafe, set this up as the business, because this has got the power to help as many people as possible rather mm-hmm. than just a local cafe. Um, and so that's how it really started. So we, we turned it into a mix that people could bake at home themselves because um, we're getting demand from all around Australia um, for this bread. It was the early days of Facebook. So everyone was on it and, and really engaged. And we're getting getting demand from Perth, from Queensland, from Darwin, from Tasmania. Um, so we thought, okay, we need to give this product, get it out there to people. We turned it into a mix and started selling it online and, and it's kind of grown from there. I love it. And I do remember going into the health food stores just down the road from me and looking at this product going, low-carb protein bread. I'm going to have to try this. And I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm pretty sure I uh, tried the bread and then I tried the pizza and then I tried the muffins and, and that was sort of my introduction into low carb. So, um, Fantastic. yeah, it's really, really awesome. And those, yeah. those, you know, like what are some of uh, people's misconceptions about packaged foods? Because, you know, I feel like sometimes um, there's companies out there that might sneak in ingredients into things that, aren't necessarily uh, healthy for you, but they make the product look and taste better. And and, mm. and, and what are some of the misconceptions people have around, uh, around packaged products and how do you differ when it comes to your products? Yeah, so I, th- I think there definitely is a fear of the packet mix. Mm. Um, and I, to some degree, I get it, and, and I think rightly so, because there are so many products on the supermarket shelves that look healthy, they claim to be healthy with like high in iron, high in protein, high in fiber sort of claims. Um, and then you flip over the packet and and read the instruction, sorry, read the ingredients and the, the nutrition table and realize, no, it's not, it's not good for you at all. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's so much stuff that's been jam-packed into there. Mm. So I, I get people's skepticism of, of packet mixes and I think everyone should be looking at the back of their packet mix. And I know the, the keto and low-carb community are really good at that mm. um, because they understand more about it than most people. And um, so for us, where we, we differ is there's no preservatives, there's no um, colors, there's no artificial flavors, there's certainly no added sugar in any of our products. Mm. Um, probably probably rule number one. Yep. <laughs> um, so rather than using these kind of these ingredients that kind of give a a taste profile that's really nice but nutritionally has no benefit Um, we use quality natural ingredients um, predominantly sourced from from australia as much as possible we try and get them from from the supplier themselves Um, 
they're not super refined they're not bleached they're not kind of overly processed so it's about using really good quality natural ingredients um, and crafting the, the flavors together that that creates that beautiful experience of of being able to enjoy a cupcake or, or pancakes or pizza um, but nutritionally your body's going to thank you for it afterwards yeah i really like that um and uh yeah i do think that the keto community and low carb community as well um mm. they 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 are particularly aware of what what ingredients do certain things to your body and so uh yeah it's so great that there's no added sugar and all of the benefits that you were talking about before um what are some of the products that people can find because i know that uh, you sent me out a box of a whole bunch of stuff and i was like yeah. oh my gosh i didn't even know that all of these things existed <laughs> especially <laughs> like the the chocolate chip cookies and and wow there's there are so many products in, in, yeah there's just so many products you have to offer and and uh and and i know that you sort of release them over uh you've released them over the the career of pbco but uh, what are some of the most popular ones and and what are some of the ones that you know would be more keto friendly i guess yeah absolutely so we we're kind of our products are kind of split into two predominant sort of ranges so we've got lower carb options for for people that uh, we call them the healthy baker so people that love those sweeter treats um but they just don't want the sugar they don't want the carbs um and they want natural quality ingredients so we've got we've got those types of products where we've got um pancakes and and cupcakes um we've got a sugar-free icing as well so you've got the full cake experience um and cookies in that range as well the the cupcakes for example um only have with icing it's around one gram of sugar per cupcake um which is just incredibly low mm. um and that's all, all natural kind of sugars just from the um the natural ingredients there and those only have four grams of carbs so to be able to eat a cupcake that's only got four grams of carbs that tastes amazing um is is fantastic and people really love those um the other component or the other sort of group of people is really around the fitter the fitter, healthier, happier people. Um, and they're the ones where it is about the the protein and it's more about the sports and health and fitness angle rather than just the, the low-carb general enjoyment side of things. So uh, in those uh, categories, we've got pizza, we've got some more cookies that, that use plant-based proteins as well for people that are um, wanting to kind of keep dairy out of their diet. Um, we've got a couple of breads, we've got muffins, we've got pizza. So kind of all your daily staple foods um, that you might have for breakfast or your, your special pancake kind of um, options that might be more of a weekend treat. Then you've got your special events options and then you've got your dinner options. So we're really trying to cover all of those opportunities where people would naturally um, have a baked good in their diet. Um, we can enable them to keep that, but just swap it out for a better option so they don't have to miss out. Yeah, I love that, and um, I love the idea of the low carb swaps. Uh, that mm. it's it's something that's sort of popular on Instagram right now. That people you know post these graphics where it's like instead of eating wheat pasta, eat zucchini noodles, and you know those types of things are really important for some people because maybe they just don't even know. They don't know that totally that that or they don't quite understand or they're they're at the very beginning of their journey, and so. You know, if if someone was looking to go low carb, uh, or they were going to go keto, um, you know, how could someone easily make the switch? And uh, you know, what are some of the products that you might suggest to them, or you know, what are some of the things that you might say? Okay, do this first. 
Yeah, well, I think if, if you're starting out with low-carb or, or keto, the first and most important thing to do, I think, is get familiar with reading the back of the packet. Um, because if you just, and this goes for all products in the supermarket or whether you buy them online or, or wherever, if you go off the face value of products, it's quite easy to get misled, as we were talking about before. So get get familiar with reading nutrition panels, get familiar with reading ingredient panels and, and understanding how they work. Um, that's kind of rule number one um, <laughs> yep. that, that covers kind of every product out there. When it, when it comes to ours, I think, think about where your biggest sore spot is. So I know for a lot of people, uh, they love, myself included, like I love my toast in the morning with my coffee. Um, and, and that's something that I've kind of had all through my childhood as well. It's funny, in Australia, you're kind of either a toast person or a cereal person. Yep. <laughs> um, th- those are the two options. And both are super high in carbs and not great for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's little little wonder that we've got sort of such insane diabetes and, and obesity rates in Australia mm. and same thing in America as well. But um, so for me, I, I love my love my toast and my coffee. So every um, every Sunday or every Monday morning, I'll actually bake up a loaf of our six seeds bread. Um, so it's more of a multigrain kind of bread. Slice it up um, and that, gives me kind of a good source of protein, about 16 grams of protein, only one and a half grams of carbs. Um, and it means I can just put whatever I want on it, peanut butter, Vegemite, cheese. Um, so it's really swapping those those foods that you'd find it really hard to eliminate. There's mm-hmm. no point just changing your, your cupcakes um, over and still eating your normal food for the rest of the time because how often do you normally eat cupcakes anyway? Right. So. Pick, pick off the, the biggest challenges that you face normally, whether it's dinners or breakfasts or snacks, and go for those. The, the cookies are a really good way as well to give you, set yourself up to succeed rather than fail. Mm. So when you, when you are feeling proactive on, on the Sunday, you're planning for your week ahead, you're thinking, yep, all right, this is going to be the week that I kind of get things on track. Um bake the cookies, it gives you a snack that you've got on hand throughout the whole week so that instead of reaching for um, the cookies in the cupboard at work, which are the, the good old Arnott's classics usually, <laughs> <Sure>. um, <laughs> no, nothing wrong with Arnott's, but um, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't want to have them too often. Um, <laughs> so rather than reaching for those, like set yourself up to win and keep a couple of the cookies in the, um, in the top drawer of your desk or in, in your car and then you can just have those instead. Yeah, I love that um, idea. Yeah, and I think that the final thing is don't be too hard on yourself. I know in the in the keto kind of space as well, it can. There's a lot of people that are very extreme with it, mm. which is which is great if that's what they need to do for them. But as a beginner, it can sometimes kind of be a bit overwhelming yeah. um, because they're like, "Well, I was eating 200 grams of carbs, and now I'm." being told I can only eat 10, um, that's insane. Mm. So kind of be kind to yourself. And as long as you're heading in the right direction, that's good. So reducing the carbs, slowly cut out the things, make it a sustainable life choice, not a short-term diet. Yeah, I uh, yeah, totally agree. And, um, you know, when you start cutting out those carbs, adding in some healthy fats like avocado on toast or, you know, those types of things are really handy as well. Um, yeah, and, and so- I find it. Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, um, 
So at the end of the podcast, what I do like doing is going through a few quick questions, and yeah. you know, maybe we can talk some uh, talk about some some toast alternatives here. Um, <laughs> the first one is uh, what is a what is a keto or low carb food uh, you can't do without? And you did mention toast before, but is is there anything? Is there a particular way that you cook it, or is there a particular way that you do that? Yeah, look, I, I'm always kind of trying to find ways to do things a bit better um, or a bit faster. And what I've found with our six seeds bread is rather than baking it into a loaf, um, that takes about an hour in the oven. If you mix up the mix the same way, pour it onto a a, a baking tray like you'd bake cookies on, obviously being a lot thinner it cooks a lot quicker about 25 30 minutes and you essentially end up with a focaccia um which you can then kind of slice into squares and then slice it slice in half through the middle um i've been baking that every single weekend or if i forget on a monday morning at work um for probably the last couple of years and i think without that i would struggle because i'd then reach for something that's quick and easy rather than something that's actually good for me um and I'll have that with, like like you said, quite often avocado, if you get a good one, it's such such an amazing feeling when you cut it open and it's, and it's perfect. <laughs> yeah. it's, you feel like you've won at life for the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm big into kind of a cooked up breakfast. So, yeah, eggs, avocado, bacon, that type of thing. And I always I always laugh when people say that you, you're missing out when you eat keto or eat low carb because you're like, really, am I? Yeah. Bacon and eggs? avocados like yep. cheese there's just there's so much goodness in it you, you just don't feel like you're missing out if you, if you make the right choices yeah definitely and i think it's more of a priority shift or a mindset shift more so than missing out you know <laughs> for those mm. people who do love cereal in the mornings then just get get more uh, 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 accustomed to those healthier options and i think um yeah. your body will just respond amazingly um you know and that that is a really good tip about the focaccia bread i i'm definitely going to try that because i have a whole bunch of your mixes sitting right next to me so i'm ah, awesome I'm gonna do it today <laughs> yeah no it's great because i mean 25 minutes it means if you if if you've forgotten to do it you can just smash it out before you go to work in the morning yeah um, that's so true. you can still put it in put it in the oven before you have your shower and then you, it'll be ready for you when you get out i so. love it and so are there any foods that you dislike that other people may like you know for some people that is avocado for some people i don't know there's 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 some uh, strange taste buds out there and i'm i'm super keen to understand your strange taste buds as well yeah right okay so <laughs> I, it's it's probably not a um a two disc common one being um oysters oh, so yeah. Yeah, people that love them rave about them, but I, I think more so from texture than taste. Whenever they're, I, I just kind of force myself to eat it from every six months or something because I'm like, I've, I want to experience what these people are finding so amazing about this food. Um, and I did the same thing with coriander. Funnily enough, I can't couldn't stand it for about ten years, um, but every six months I just kind of like I'll, I'll just force myself to eat it. And then over a period of time, you can kind of train your taste buds to appreciate the flavors that other people are getting from it. Um, so it's it's not easy, but, yeah, no. <laughs> but, but it, it means that you can enjoy foods that normally you wouldn't. Obviously, coriander is a massive one in, in Thai food, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when it puts it in it and you hate it, it ruins the dish for you yeah it's um, done so yeah. 
if you can overcome that, it just opens up your your kind of your palate and your variety of, of flavors that you can appreciate. Definitely, and we have so much really really good um, Thai food here in Australia because we are quite close to Thailand. Um, so yeah. yeah, for some people, uh, coriander can taste like soap, and it's actually yeah, it, it's a um, it's a just the way that you process that particular substance in your brain that tells mm. that tells yeah I don't know. Um, really interesting though. Do you have yeah absolutely? Do you have a most effective uh, lifting exercise that you find um, either complements your running or just helps with um, you know everyday mobility or uh, you know something that a, a lot of people love deadlifts or squats. You know what what is oh, that yeah. for you? Yeah, look, I I like to kind of find find the weakness in your body and then work on that component mm. um and for me um one of the weaknesses that i have that that caused a few issues was kind of weak transverse abdominal muscles so mm. the the most inner layer that kind of holds you up not the not the external ones that everyone tries to get the six-pack abs um but but the inner ones and for me that was really weak so i started doing a lot of exercises that were so lifting exercises that were single arm or single leg to to throw your body off so you had to maintain that kind of core rigidity um one of the ones that i loved was essentially lying on a bench press um two dumbbells whatever kind of is a a heavy weight not so heavy that you're going to kind of fall off but a a reasonably heavy weight probably about 80 percent of your max um and lying on the dumbbell, feet up in a tabletop sort of position, um, both dumbbells above you, and then just lowering, say, like a single arm um, bench press one at a time. So hold your left one up, bring your right one down, back up, then uh. alternate with the left. Um, and by throwing yourself off that way, um, by having one arm down and one arm up and your feet up off the, off the bench, you've really got to focus on your on your stability and your balance um so it's a it's a really good one to kind of make sure that your core is engaged because if you've if you've got a floppy core when you're doing that you'll fall off the bench which would be very very embarrassing at the gym <laughs> definitely yeah and uh, um, and i know yeah. that the um the uh, single leg squats can be really helpful with that as well i, I find those super hard but and i probably have the same oh, yeah. sort of weakness as well yeah single leg squats i I see people doing like full range of motion for reps kind of thing with them. And I'm in awe because I'm, I'm not there yet. <laughs> no, <you're> neither, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've got short, short range of motion. I can do them, but, <laughs> but not, not the full pistol squats. <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely. And, and so, uh, you know, you said, um, that you're super into running. Do you have any particular exercise or do you have something that you find with your coach that, that, uh, you're particularly good at or, or maybe something that you find most effective when it comes to running? Mm, I think probably mixing it up. It's it's really tempting. So whether you're a short distance runner or a long distance runner, so if you say you do your, your 5K runs, which is quite a quick pace, um, there's a lot of benefit that can be had from deliberately running really slowly. Mm. Um, and on the, we're taking kind of like a Maffetone approach to it. Um, on the flip side, if you are a, a long distance runner, so like 40, 40 Ks or ultras, 50, 60, 100, whatever it is, um, practicing sprints because it might seem like, okay, the best, right, best way to train for a marathon is just to get out there and do four hour long 
40 kilometer runs but it's really not mm-hmm. <laughs> and so just mixing up your training with with running as much as possible so mixing in the sprints mixing in the, the kind of the the pacing and then mixing in the really deliberately slow pacing to try and work on your heart rate control as well yeah i love that and um that was something that i implemented when i ran my marathon uh last oh, great. last year i think i don't know uh, oh, how'd you go uh oh look it was four hours and something um so that's good yeah it was it was done in a keto uh style so it's the first awesome. like full marathon that i've done um strictly keto so i, I there, there was definitely some kinks to be ironed out like running too fast <laughs> yeah. at the start, you know, and sort of uh, leaving yourself, you know, pretty pretty done towards the end. But yeah, I training yeah. at that Maffetone heart rate. So it's 180 minus your age and then you plus or minus five either side, depending on whether you've been yeah. sick that year or maybe you've been recovering well. Uh, you sit at that heart rate zone and the idea is to increase your speed without increasing your heart rate. So for anyone who's listening who's wanting to try and uh, incorporate that into their training, then it's definitely the single biggest factor um, to getting your body fat adapted and being able to run mm. faster because so many people out there, they train with a group, they train with someone else who's just faster than they are and they end yeah. up burning all their glycogen and they get to the, you know, halfway through a marathon and they're done, they're spent and they go, how do people do this? It's like, you're just running too fast. <laughs> well, exactly, you know, yeah. Up and you're up. not there yet. Right, that's right, yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have any books or podcasts that have recently inspired you or maybe something that you go back to all the time? Yeah, other than this one, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Gold. So, yeah, um, Science for Ultra is a really good one. Um, I forget the name. There's a few kind of ultramarathon podcasts that I listen to, so I forget the name of the the guy that does it. Um, But, yeah, that's a really good one for learning kind of the different techniques and uh, and approaches to to ultra um, marathon running, which you can apply to all sorts of running. It doesn't need to be just for the ultras. I listen to a lot of kind of um, science kind of podcasts and a few philosophy kind of podcasts as well. So I, I got into kind of secular Buddhism a little while ago from a from a book that my father actually lent me um, called Buddhism Without Beliefs. And there's a podcast um, called, I'm just trying to think what it is here. Um Oh, just called Secular Buddhism. Um, and it's really an, an interesting one around kind of the, the approach that you take, the way that you view the world, the way that you construct your reality, um, essentially. So it's not the spiritual side of Buddhism. It's more of a, a real world, tangible, secular view. Hmm. Um, and that, that one's been actually um, quite transformative for me, both um, in kind of the, the mental side of things but also in the physical world and the way that you approach it it's um yeah i think it's important to get in tune with that kind of thing yeah i, I love that and um you know giving yourself a different perspective is is always you can always benefit from that so yeah the, and all these links for the podcast and you know everything will be in the show notes so if you do want to head over to the show notes on whatever app you're using uh make sure you do that and check out all the juicy info there and, yeah. and so i was a musician for a long time uh so i, lo- awesome. I love hearing what um what sort of playlist or what sort of music uh, gets you going? Uh, do you have any musicians or you know any sort of thing that you listen to? 
so when I'm when I'm just working or at home, I'll put a, put on kind of like chill kind of house music. Um, so there's some there's some great Spotify playlists like chill hop and and things like that, and it's just really nice kind of background ambient music, nice kind of steady pace for the the pace that you need to be for for when you're working. Um, when I'm running, I actually don't listen to music. Um, and and that kind of especially on the the longer distance runs people find a little bit weird but i I find just the experience of being in nature um and all of the senses and the the information that you get from that is really hampered when you've kind of got um i don't know two-pack or biggie kind of (laughs) blasting in your ears it it really kind of takes away from the beauty of the experience so i'll um yeah i never never listen to music when i run um when i do trail running if you if i'm doing a road run sometimes i will because it's kind of boring running around suburbia but i yeah you know what i'm actually the same and i found it really weird people who would uh run with music or even cycle with music because as a musician you want to try and line up with the beat or you want to try and like get in sync with the music and if something's out of time with your steps it it just does my head in and i can't do it (laughs) and uh yeah and and also running you know definitely becomes a bit of a meditation process uh the more you get into it and definitely the longer you run uh and so yeah Two-pack or biggies, probably not. <laughs> not so appropriate there. No, that's right. Yeah, especially on the the longer runs, you you're in. You've got to get into a rhythm because, as you said before, if you push out too hard, you'll just blow up and then you won't be able to finish the run, or you'll hate it because it's <laughs> it's painful. So you've got to get into that that rhythm. And and you're right. If you if you can find your kind of your groove, find your natural pace focus on your technique and and whatever speed you're running at is fine um it's more about getting into that rhythm and and it does become incredibly meditative which i yeah i'm the same as you absolutely love it yeah that's awesome and so we did speak a little bit about before this but uh you know uh, what is the most important aspect or the lead domino for someone who is looking to get started in low carb get started on keto uh you mentioned you know find your your weak point um you know that I, I think that's a really good idea, and I think that's uh, something that a lot of people uh, f- do feel overwhelmed when they first mm. go go into the space. Is is that something that you find? Um, you know, people come to you and say, "Look, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do." Yeah, it, do you have maybe? Um, you know, where can people find you for this contact info? And then uh, I think we have a little discount code at the the very end of we this do. podcast, which is a very yeah. Exciting. Cool. cool. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can find me personally. My um, I've got an Instagram, which is Low Carb Giant. Um, also on Twitter, but probably better follow me on Instagram. Um, and also for for the company PB Co, you can find us at Love PB Co on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. So we post heaps of recipes and tips and if you head to our website lovepbco.com there is a blog with tons of resources as well um we do have a special code for fat for weight loss listeners which is just fat for weight loss all lowercase no spaces um and that will give uh anyone 10 percent off their order um when you order online at lovepbco.com um the question around how to how to get started or what the most important kind of lead domino is i think i touched on it earlier around getting familiar with reading the back of the packet um i've seen keto products in the supermarket and in health food shops before that say keto you flip over the back of the packet and the first ingredient is dates or something insane <laughs> yeah so 
you can't trust what the front of the packet says. Just blanket blanket rule. So always look at the back of the packet yeah. <laughs> um, because you've got to educate yourself around um, what what those different kind of numbers on the nutritional panel mean um and same thing with the ingredients as well it's really easy to get confused so um spend the time looking at it and the easiest way i find to to kind of look at it is just looking at the total carbohydrates uh in australia i know the us is different but in australia um, dietary fiber is listed separately um than carbs so the carbs that you'll see on a on a nutrition panel is the equivalent of net carbs i think you can uh, you might be able to correct me if that's if that's, no, that's wrong. Right. That's right. Yep. 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 Um, and so in Australia, you, you've got the benefit that you can just look at the the carbohydrates and just keep that number low. Um, easy way to do it is kind of go okay, just don't have anything that's got more than say five grams of carbs per serve, um, depending on your kind of levels. The the Another easy approach to get started that I find um, in the early days as well, because it, it can be a really big shift for people that are used to a traditional diet or they've been following the advice that someone gave them to cut out fat. And now you're saying, well, actually, no, um, put in the fat, right. <laughs> cut out the other stuff. So you, you can't kind of jump into it both feet too quickly or you'll you'll blow up and, and give up. Um so easy, easy way to get started is literally just cutting out sugar first mm. and and work on doing that. Obviously, sugar, the biggest, most insane source of carbohydrates in our food system, um, completely not needed for, for your body. Um, so just cut that out first and do that for a month. Get rid of the sugar. Um, look at the nutrition panels. Make sure there's no added sugars in things um, and just focus on that for a few weeks first and get comfortable with that because that will also help your taste buds change. Mm. Um, because when you go from a, a sugary kind of average Western diet um, to a, a no sugar, super low carb or keto diet, quite often the food will taste a bit bland or, or not sweet. And it's just because your taste buds are so used to being jacked up on sugar um, that they, they haven't had that opportunity to, to change over. So I think, yeah, cutting out sugar is probably the, the easiest way to get started and then move across to, to keto or low carb. Yeah, that's really great advice. And I think that uh, doing it in a slow process like that will also prevent you from um, getting the keto flu, which is, you know, that dramatic low, mm. uh, low <laughs> carb loss, you know. Um, so yeah, so it's been such a fantastic podcast, Luke. Um, I, I I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and and letting us know all about the products and you know about your uh, your background as well, which is um it's super interesting and uh, you know I think from all the listeners and from me as well, I just want to say a big thank you uh, for taking the time out and and uh, I hope to do this again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Aaron. It's been been really fun to chat. And yeah, let's um yeah, let's let's do it again in a few months or so and we can talk about some other things. I'm keen to hear more about your um your marathon fueling technique and, and what you learned there and, and how we can um yeah, kind of Im improve that because I know that area is a, is a really exciting one that, that a lot of people are kind of finding success in. So yeah, let's let's do it again for sure. Definitely. Let's totally do it. All right. Thanks, Luke. Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Have a good one. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. 
head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week.